0: Let's go to the book of Philemon tonight, the book of Philemon. It's right between the book of Titus and the book of Hebrews. If you're not familiar with the book of Philemon, while you're turning, I wanna echo the words of the pastor, which I wish all you mothers a happy Mother's Day. hope it's been a good one for you. My mother passed away very suddenly back in 98, so I've been without her for quite a while, but I know she's in heaven waiting on me, amen? And I'll see her one day and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, you do, uh, you ladies, I hope and pray you do have a great Mother's Day. And if you haven't honored your mother today, I, I urge you to do that. Amen. First nine years I was with Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. I worked with the revival team and the international team. Ate a lot out on the road and ate a lot in the big name chains restaurants, McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, (laughs) Uh, Cracker Barrel, the big name chain restaurants, but I made a discovery that some of the best eating you'll ever have is in some little hole in the wall, some little mom and pop's place off off the beaten path And tonight we're not going to go to one of the big name books of the Bible. We're not going to Revelation. We're not going to John. We're not going to Romans or Psalms or Proverbs. We're going to a little hole in the wall. Stuck right between Titus and Hebrews. A little book called Philemon. One chapter, 25 short verses. But man, there is some good eating in this little book. Amen. And I hope and pray that you get some help tonight. I tell you, let's stand our feet and we'll begin reading in verse number 8. We're going to be jumping. It's a short book and I promise I'll be as brief as I can this evening, but we'll be bouncing around all over the place. But we'll read a few verses by way of introduction and then we'll pray and get right into the message. Verse number 8. Of course, Paul writing here wherefore though i might be much bold in christ to enjoy thee that which is convenient yet for love's sake i rather beseech thee being such an one as paul the aged and now also a prisoner of jesus christ i beseech thee for my son onesimus whom i have begotten in my bonds which in time past was to thee unprofitable but now profitable to thee and to me whom i have sent again thou therefore receive him that is my own bowels whom i would have retained with me that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel but without thy mind would i do nothing that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity but willingly for perhaps he therefore departed for a season. <coughs> that thou shouldest receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Albeit, I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. We'll stop right there. And I want to give you a few minutes on this thought tonight. Remedy for a renegade. Remedy for a renegade. There are three characters in our text that I want us to examine tonight. In order to get the message of this short book that we have here before us. The first character I wanna look at this evening, we find in verses one through seven, and we're gonna call him Philemon the Innocent One. Philemon the Innocent One. Look at verse number one. The Bible says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved, and fellow laborer. Two things we see immediately about Philemon. Number one, he was a saved man, amen. Paul called him beloved, which was a very affectionate term, uh, just like brother, and he he called him beloved, and not only that, he was saved, but he was a servant. The Bible says right here that Paul called him a fellow laborer. This man didn't get saved just to warm a church pew. Amen. He didn't get saved just to take up space down at the house of God. But not only was he saved, but he was a laborer. Look at verse number 2. And to our beloved Athea and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. You talk about a man on fire for God. He had a church in his house. Amen. Boy, he wasn't satisfied with Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. He said, hey, just move the thing in my house. Amen. See, back in the first century, they didn't have nice church buildings like we have now. They met in people's homes for church. And, and Philemon was one who hosted a church within the doors of his house. Bible scholars believe that Athea was actually his wife. And that Archippus was actually Philemon's son and that he was actually the pastor of the church in Philemon's house. Verse number five, look at this right here. says, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. He was a man who had love in his heart. He was a loving person. He was a man who had faith. Amen. And I like this right here. He was a man that was impartial. Amen. The Bible says that his love was towards all the saints. He loved the saints that drove Cadillacs, and he loved the saints that drove Pintos. He loved the saints that shopped at Belk, and he loved the saints that shopped at Goodwill. It didn't matter to me. Praise God. If you are saved, old Simon man Lehman was going to hug your neck, amen, and tell you that he loved you and treat you like a brother or sister in Christ. Amen. Then verse number 7, I like this right here. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee. He, man, he was a man who was refreshing. You ever get around somebody that's refreshing? You ever been around somebody that's not refreshing? They're not refreshing, they're depressing, amen. But oh finally, but he got around here. He was one of those Christians that you got around instead of pulling you down, he lifted you up, amen. He was a refreshing individual. And then so we not only see he was saved, he was a servant, he had a church in his home. He is a man of love, he is a man of faith. He was a man who was a blessing and a refreshing, and this is going to, this is going to throw some of you right here, but fasten your seatbelts. The context of this verse tells us that Philemon was a slave owner. Fasten your seatbelts. Historians, I, this blew my mind. When I was studying for this, historians believe that at the pinnacle of the Roman Empire, as high as 75% of the population of the Roman Empire was slaves. Man, there were more slaves than there was people to run them. Amen. And so it was not uncommon for, for even saved folk back in those days to own slaves. It was just a part. Of being, the, being in the Roman Empire, and it was a very common occurrence. So, all these things about Philemon, let me say this. If you had to be a slave, y'all still with me tonight? If you were in the Roman Empire in the first century, do you go ahead like this? If you were in the Roman Empire in the first century, and you fell within that 75%, and you were a slave, That's the kind of master you'd want. Amen. 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 He was saved. He was a man of love. He was a man of faith. I believe he's probably fair. Amen. Amen. I'm sure he probably treated his slaves well. But that would be the kind of master that you would want this man Philemon. Number two, the second character I want us to look at is not only Philemon, the innocent one. But number two, we see Onesimus. And we're going to call him the incriminated one. Philemon, the innocent one. And then Onesimus, the incriminated one. I want you to look at two things about Onesimus. Number one, I want you to notice his character. First of all, he was a rebel. He was a rebel, verse number 11. The Bible says, which in time past was to thee unprofitable. Onesimus was one of the slaves of Philemon, and the Bible says he was unprofitable. That means when you put Onesimus to doing a job, you had to put two people to watch him to make sure he got it done. Amen. That's what you call unprofitable. You know why he was like that, Brother Mike? Because in the deep recesses of his heart, he was a rebel. He didn't like authority. Don't die on me now. He didn't like authority. He didn't like anybody telling him what to do. Amen. He didn't like taking instructions. He didn't like being guided and told and having authority over. He was a rebel. Amen. Number two, Not only was he a rebel, but the second thing what you see is that he was a runaway. Amen. There come a day in Onesimus' life. Now, y'all fast your seatbelts, although he had a good master, a saved master, a kind master, a master of faith. There come a day in Onesimus' life said, ain't nobody tell me what I'm going to do. I'm sick and tired of being told when to get up. I'm sick and tired of being told when to uh, work. I'm sick and tired of being told when to eat. I'm sick and tired of all these things. I am out of here. And he left the home of Philemon and went all the way to the city of Rome. He was a rebel. He was a uh, runaway. And then thirdly, he was a robber. According to the context, verse number 18, you know how Onesimus funded his escape? He stole from Philemon. Amen. We don't know if he stole cash. We don't know if he stole something material and took it down to the uh, pawn shop. We don't know what he did, but according to the context of this book, he robbed from his master, Philemon, to find his escape. So he was a rebel, amen, he was a robber, and then thirdly, he was a runaway, that's his character. Now number two, let me give you this, not only do we see his character, but I want you to see his condition. Y'all with me tonight? Number one, about Onesimus, the incriminated man, he was a haunted man. You say, Brother Russell, what do you mean he was a haunted man? Can I ask you a question? How y'all since you've you been saved, you've had some run-ins with the devil? Raise your hand. Do we all know how the devil works tonight? Brother Alex, you come up here. Just to break it down, as simply as I know how to break it down, the devil wears two hats. The first hat he wears is the hat of the tempter. Boy, he'll take a Christian like us, he'll put some temptation before him and say, do it, man, do it. Man, it'll make you feel good. It'll make you happy. It'll make you feel wonderful. Do it, man, it'll make you popular. Just do it, man, just do it. Do it, do it. And then old Alex falls and he goes for the temptation and then the devil changes hats How could you have done such a thing? How could you have done that? You know you broke your pastor's heart. You know you broke your mama's heart. You know you broke your daddy's heart. You know you, see, Satan goes from tempter to condemner. And I can imagine whole Onesimus, boy, that man, I wouldn't put up with his junk. I wouldn't put up with his mess. Him telling you what to do, him telling you what time to get up, him telling you what time to, I wouldn't put up. Man, I'd run away. So Onesimus runs away, and now in the midnight hour, I said, now in the midnight hour, Satan comes, you sorry low life. You had a good master. You had it made. You had it made in the shape. He was a praying man. He had a church in his house. He loved the Lord. And you got the gall and the audacity to turn your back on him and treat him like dirt. You ought to just blow your brains out. Amen. Hey, y'all, y'all know how the devil works? Amen. He goes from tempter to condemner. Thank you, Brother Alex. I appreciate it. Amen. I believe it's the book's of uh, Zephaniah and the books of Habakkuk that talk about the evening wolves. Y'all awake tonight? Buddy, you've messed up. You've sinned. And buddy, you lay your head on your pillow at night and turn out the light and here they come. The evening wolves. those demonic spirits that haunt us and taunt us in the dark you sorry devil you sorry low life how could you have done that Amen, and I can imagine old Onesimus crawls up under a bridge somewhere, crawls up under a viaduct somewhere and tries to get some sleep and those evening wolves come and remind him of the mess he's made and the lives he's messed up and the mess he's gotten himself into. He is a haunted man. Amen. Then number two, knows is he a haunted man but number two, he's a hunted man. Do y'all realize under the Roman Empire, the split second that Onesimus put one foot off the property of Philemon, he was now a runaway slave. And do you realize the penalty of being a runaway slave is death? So now, not only is he a honing man, he's a hunted man. The the Roman military's after him, local law enforcement's after him. Amen. Dog, the bounty hunters after him, or at least dog's great 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 grandpa. Amen. Bounty hunters are after him. He's a honing man. He's a hunted man with a death sentence on his head. Amen. Then thirdly, knows he a honing man. He's a hungry, uh, a a honing man, a hunting man, but thirdly, he's a hungry man. He's probably hungry physically, but you know he's hungry spiritually. How many of y'all know, have learned as a Christian, the thrill of rebellion and the thrill of sin doesn't last very long. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But how many of y'all have sinned since you've gotten saved? Be honest with me. How long did the thrill last? An hour? 45 minutes? 24 hours? And by now, Brother Johnny, the thrill of being a runaway is over. Amen. And you know what else, Brother Randy? He still... The devil said, man, if you just run away, you'll be happy, but here he is, run away, and he's still empty on the inside, looking for another, looking for something else to fill the emptiness of his life, amen. So we see Philemon, the innocent one. We see Onesimus, the incriminated one. We see his character, we see his condition. He was a honing man. He was a hunting man. And then thirdly, he was a hungry man. And then number three, we see Paul. Hallelujah. We see Paul and we're gonna call him the interceding one. Amen. Amen. How many of you agree that he ain't looking too good for Onesimus? Amen. Amen, boy, he's, a, he's rebellious. He's a runaway. He's a robber. He's a honing man. He's a hunted man. He's a hungry man. But hallelujah, time out. Whoop! There was a turning point. I said, there was a turning point. (laughs) Not looking good. A haunted man, a hunted man, a hungry man. No hope, but thank God there was a turning point. What was the turning point, Brother Russell? Fasting his seat belts, He met a man. He said, "Bro, what was the turning point? He met a man. Hallelujah. And I like this. He met an old convict on house arrest for disturbing the peace. And this man's name was Paul the Apostle. Amen. Who just happened to be in Rome. At the same time, Onesimus come rolling in a honing man, a hungry man, and a hunting man. Y'all know that was just coincidence. Amen, hallelujah. So they had this meeting and let me say this, let me give you these and we'll be through tonight. The apostle Paul did three things for Onesimus. Number one, and I'll give you these three, We'll be through this evening. Number one, he redeemed him. Mm, Look at verse number 18. Paul wrote a letter to Philemon on behalf of Onesimus. And this is what he said in verse number 18. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on my account. (laughs) Hallelujah. Paul wrote a letter and said, hey, I, mm, I know Onesimus is a sorry dog. I know he's a rebel. I know he's a renegade. I know he's a robber. But Philemon, whatever wrong he's done, whatever he's taken from you, whatever he ripped off from you, just put it on my account and I'll take care of it. You say, Brother Russell, why are you getting so excited about that, because my mind is going back to another time in history. When a young man by the name of Charlie Russell was wandering the streets of Asheville, North Carolina, a haunted man, a hunted man. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. There was a death sentence on my head, straight from the throne of glory. I was a haunted man. I was a hunted man. I was a hungry man, trying to feed on the corn husk of this dead, sinful world. But glory to God, there was a turning point in my life, amen. June the 10th, 1986, I met a man. Amen. And that man's name was Jesus Christ. And the the split second that I exercised faith, the split second that I exercised repentance, Jesus looked over at the Father and said, Father, I know he's a low down devil. I know he ain't worth shooting. I know he's been ungodly. He's been wicked. He's been vile. But Father, whatever he's done, put it on my account, I shed my blood, I died on the cross, I resurrected my own body by my own power and I'm taking the cost of whatever he's done and I'm redeeming him by my blood. Amen, have of y'all ever had a turning point like that? Say amen, hallelujah, glory to God. And everything I ever done, every sin, past, present, and future. Jesus Christ took upon himself and put it on his account, amen. Let's look at a couple verses. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter. The book of 1 Peter tonight. Chapter one, verse number 18. First Peter chapter one, verse number 18, the Bible says, for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, whom by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and your hope might be in who? Amen. Say, Brother Russell, what hope of your sins being forgiven do you have? What hopes are going to your heaven do you have? My hopes in the blood, amen. My hopes in God, amen. And it's not up to my performance. If it's up to my performance, I'm gonna burn in hell for all eternity. It's if it's up to my good works, I'll burn in hell for all eternity. But glory to God, Jesus said, Whatever He's done, put it on my account. I died for him, and I've been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Amen. Then number two, not only did he redeem him, but let's go back to Philemon. He reinstated him. Look at verse number 12. Mm. Says, whom I have sent again, thou therefore, what are those next two words? Receive him. That is my own vows. Paul also wrote in that letter, To Philemon, he said, I know Onesimus has been a robber. I know he's been a runaway. I know he's been rebellious. But Philemon, you need to take him back. Would somebody say, man, that if Jesus had just forgiven us of our sins, that would have been wonderful? Amen. Amen. But Brother John, not only, hallelujah, did God forgive us, not only did Jesus take the responsibility of our sins onto his own account, but hallelujah, he reinstated us into the family of God. Amen. And glory to God, not only that day, hallelujah, did I get saved and my sins were forgiven, but Brother Stacy, I got to go home to my daddy, amen. Hallelujah reinstated him. Paul said, take him back. Yeah, but you don't, take him back. But you don't, take him back. But you don't, take him back. Said, reinstate him, amen. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter two and we'll be done here in just a little bit. Amen. I'm so old, I can't preach long no more. Amen. Of course, y'all probably ain't crying about that, Say, so amen. Look at Ephesians chapter two, verse number 12. See if any of y'all remember this. Ephesians chapter two, verse number 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from a commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. How many of y'all remember those days? Amen. We talk about illegal aliens. I used to be an illegal alien. I had no more business in the presence of God. Amen. I had no more business in the presence of God than some illegal that slips in under our borders has business being here. I was an illegal alien. Amen. Stranger. But look at verse number 13. But now... In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by what? The blood of Christ. I've been reinstated, amen. 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 And then let me give you this last one. Not only did he redeem him, he reinstated him, but he raised him, he raised him. Look at verse number 15, and we'll be through this scene at 15 through 17. He says right here, For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved specially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord? Look at verse number 17. If thou count me therefore a partner, Receive him as myself. Paul wrote to Philemon. Said, hey, I know he's a rebel. I know he's a renegade. I know he's a robber. But I want you to take him back. I want him back in your family. But not only did he reinstate him. Paul raised him up. He said, I don't want you to take him back as a slave. I don't want you to take him back as your little errand boy hey man i don't want you to take him back as your little gopher he said i don't want you to take him back as a brother amen amen let's let's read a couple verses here amen over the book of john he says right here john chapter one. i read it for the sake of time john chapter one verse 11 12 he came into his own and his own received him not but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what? The sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. I'm gonna blow your mind, but we we need to get a hold of this theology. How many of y'all are saved tonight? You're not ashamed of that. Do you realize, since Joyce, I saw your hand go up. You realize when you get down to pray, because of the atonement, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, Sister Joyce, when you get down to pray, you are as welcome in the presence of the Father as Jesus Christ. Don't look at me that way, I'm in the book. Amen. Amen, I've got, when I get down to pray, I've got just as much right to talk to my daddy as Jesus has to his daddy, amen. Say, so how come brother Russell? Because me and Jesus is brothers. Hello? See, see, I am so sick of this mess. Oh, Christianity oppresses people. I like one. I like what one guy said. Christianity does not make freaks out of people. Christianity makes people out of freaks. Amen. 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 Before I got saved, I was a filthy mouth, filthy-minded, filthy-walking, filthy-talking freak. But praise God, when Jesus saved me, amen, he not only reinstated me, but he raised me up, amen. amen. And now, I, hallelujah, as far as the Father is concerned, I'm just as welcome in his presence as the Son is. Amen. amen. And Paul, Paul told Philemon, he said, he's coming back, but he coming back as your little gopher. He's coming back as your brother in Christ, amen. Boy, I tell you what, if we'll ever get a hold of what Jesus did for us on the cross, honey, we'd do laps up and down Shelton Avenue, amen. Amen. And buddy, there was a renegade here that was in a mess, but thank God he found the remedy. What was the remedy? He met a man. Can I tell you something? I understood that my life was in a mess when I was a teenager. I tried church. I bought a Bible, Fascy seat seatbelts. I worked at a little old burger joint. I started tithing. If I'd have died, I'd have died and went to hell, but I'd have went to hell with a clean tithing record. Yeah. I wouldn't have died and went to hell owning oh, the church money, say amen right there. But you know what? Owning the Bible didn't do it. it. Going to church didn't do it. Doing good works, didn't do it. But I tell you what, did it, amen. I met a man named Jesus Christ, amen. And he redeemed me, he raised me, and glory to God, he reinstated me, amen. I tell you what, let's stand our feet for prayer tonight and we'll open up the altars. I don't know how God may have spoke to your heart, every head bowed, every eye closed, amen. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, if I was you, I'd be getting that way. Amen, the Lord's coming back, time's running out. If you need to get saved tonight, won't you slip out of your pew, come up here, take Brother Dermont by the hand, get him to take the Bible, show you how to be saved. Maybe you're here tonight as a Christian. Maybe it's been a while that you just thank God for saving you. Maybe you need to go back down memory lane and remember when you were haunted. Remember when you were hunted. Remember when there was a death sentence on your head and you met a man, and buddy, he redeemed you. He reinstated you. He raised you up, amen. I don't know what the need is tonight, but if God spoke to your heart, sister playing on the piano, we're not gonna drag the invitation out tonight. But if you need to come, if you're not saved, why not you come get saved tonight. If you need to thank the Lord, maybe it's been a while.